Hey everyone, welcome to a new Stigmas and Open Wounds. I'm Tracy. And I'm Eric. All right. So we're going to break right in and I guess get right into our new new episode right here. And I've got my podcasting buddy and I'm not talking about Eric. I'm talking about my my best friend Frank right next to me. I actually had to grab a new chair today because he stole mine. He might we he is right next to you, but he might be dead. So I see him breathing. He just moved. He just moved. It's okay. He probably perked his ears up like, what is he talking about? It's like, oh man, you guys are talking. Can I sleep? <laughs> now so so this week we're doing uh, a slightly heavier one. I mean it it's not really even heavy. It's it's just a little bit more complicated. And that's why we're kind of going to break it into two bits. And we're not going to do it two bits that are right in a row. And for the reason is, one, because like I said, it's a little bit more complicated. And two, because I'm, re- I'm reading a book about this as well. Today's, I got a little bit more internet research. And then the other is is going to be further along the line once I finish the complicated book and possibly another book that Eric already read that he's got to refresh himself on. So uh, we're going to give you a little bit of of information kind of here and there. So the topic today is neurodivergent and it's neurodivergent part one. Part one, huh? Yes, part one. Well, that's why I said (laughs) because later it's going to be part two where we're going to dig a little bit deeper. Because, you know, if you give too much information right off the bat, everybody's like, oh my gosh, I don't even know brain what to take overload. away. Yeah. Brain overload. Yeah. We yeah. don't want to give brain overload. We want to want to give room for if you have questions or just digest it. And then that way we can come back and say, okay, so now that you know this, here's a little bit more. And that way too, like I said, I can read the book that you already read. That is slightly complicated <laughs> and and you know i mean when you read books that are by i i don't i i think you said that this one is not by a psychiatrist or psychologist uh but it it's not exactly an easy read and i know i have another book that i think is by a psychiatrist or a psychologist that is not as easy of a read and when you get into these kind of books and readings and writings and stuff they're not as easy of a read as so so and, and just to be fair the reason it seems like we're brashing all psychologists into one group and saying that none of them can write which no, is not and what it's it all not what, true. what it what, what it all it's saying it's that when you're a psychologist you're you're kind of in an, and same with many like a, doctors too i mean they're in such an technically education driven right. field that they just speak at a different level than right. what we're used to I'm, hearing. I'm sure it, if I read a law book, I would feel right, the same exactly. way. Exactly, it's exactly like that. It's they they have a certain way of saying things that just happens. At, at least for me, maybe there right. are people out there that find it very interesting, but I find it very dran, blah, boring, right? Well, over sophisticated, using words that they don't need to right. use. But those think, are just the words they use. Think you know? about times that you went to the doctor and they're like, well, okay, so you have a blockage of this and this and this. And you're like, what did you just say? And they're like, oh, well, basically, if I draw you a diagram, this is this is broken. And you're like, couldn't you just say that at the beginning? So that's kind of what we're getting down to is, we're going to try to decomplicate things for you and and break this down. So, neurodivergent. Well, hold on before you go yes. into it cuz I see on the top page it looks like you have a definition there, right? Yes. Of Are you about to read a definition of a neurodivergent? I'm going to read it and then break it down. Okay. Kind of. Can I give my definition of a neurodivergent? Yeah, As because study- I was cuz I was going to I was going to give a very simple di- or simple definition of it anyway. So I'll just give this definition. It may be way off base because, like I said, if like it Tracy is, said, if it I, is, I can kind of, yeah. kind of fill in the blanks. She'll there. read the real the definition on her piece of paper after this to see how it compares. So my definition of a neurodivergent is the word neurodivergent was created because all words currently out there for people with mental illnesses 
as we call them today, mm-hmm. have a certain stigma to them. Right. And the idea behind the word neurodivergent is to start to separate the concept that a You're person that normal has... normal or abnormal. Right, right. You're not normal and abnormal. Everybody's normal. It's just people have different things about their personalities right. that make them different. So the, the creation of the term neurodivergent mainly is driven on the prospect of we want to start eliminating the stigmas behind ADHD, depression, things right. like that. A person that has these things, they're not necessarily crippled or or dysfunctional. They're right. just different. For me, I kind of started to think about now, I don't know how many of our listeners, you know, the age range of our listeners and who remembers these commercials, but there were some commercials back in the day where I'm a PC, I'm a Mac, mm. and they were obviously different operating systems, but they still essentially did the same thing. They made your computer work, but mm. they were different. There were certain things that PCs did that Macs couldn't do. Eric would never work on a Mac for people, very rarely, because he's like, I know PCs for computers. I don't know what the hell a Mac does. But that doesn't mean that he didn't... Well, no, he didn't like Macs. But that doesn't mean that... It's just he didn't understand what the heck a Mac did. And that's essentially what it comes down to in terms of humans. It's that we kind of have different operating systems where it's not that one is normal and one is abnormal. We're just different when it all comes down to it. And instead of saying we're normal, abnormal, it's just that that one is using a different operating system, kind of. And we need to start thinking in that in that system. Okay, now I'm going to take your analogy and I'm going to modernize it because we probably right. have listeners out there that they're like, what the, what the heck's the difference between Windows and Mac? What is that? So think about it as... If you have a Google Pixel phone, yes, and then you get an Apple iPhone, while they do essentially the same things, oh god, they do to everything slightly different. Mm-hmm. And when you first get, if you have always used a Google Pixel and you suddenly get an Apple iPhone, you're gonna be like. How you won't be able to do anything because it's just slightly different how you have to click to do that thing. Right. And that's exactly what neurodivergence is trying to create with all of these different personalities and different mental right. things that happen to people is not that one person is better than the other. It's just that we're all, we all the function- same but different. Right. Right. And it's it's trying to not single out the people who are, you know, quote unquote, different or just just function a little bit. You know, I don't even want to say not. And, not and it's not even norm. different. It's dramatically different because everybody's different. Right. Everybody's different. If you think like everybody in the world has a has a, the same personality and then there's some people that are depressed and that's not how it works. Everybody is slightly different. It just happens that. Once a person gets so far away from being to similarity to you, mm-hmm. they become different. Right. They become a stigma to you because you don't understand why they do the things they do. Right. So before we get too far away from this, I should probably tell you the actual definition or one of the definitions that I found. And this is a lot of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today. I did find from Cleveland Clinic, but... Uh, this is this is very similar to everything that I found online. Uh, so so I'm just kind of going with this stuff. So this definition is from Cleveland Clinic, and it's called neurodivergent is a non medical term that describes people whose brains develop or work differently for some reason. This means that uh, the person has different strengths and struggles from people whose brains develop or work typically. While some people who are neurodivergent have medical conditions, it also happens to people where a medical condition or diagnosis hasn't been identified. 
So I do want to point out that it does say struggles and strengths. So do not forget that some people struggle, some people have strengths, and some people obviously have both. You know, so don't forget that, that you can, when you struggle, you also do have strengths in it. And I, I like that too, because, because I have asked Eric before, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you even put up with me? And he's like, you know, I don't always see, yeah, I see some of the stuff that, that can be a burden, but where you struggle, you do also have, have strengths in other areas. And I liked that when he said that to me. So, so just remember that, that where some other people struggle, they can be smart as a whip in other things or, or just not even smart, but just creative or, or whatever. So I think that's, that's really amazing to remember. And yeah, you don't have to be, uh, necessarily medically diagnosed either, you know, where I've recently figured out that I may, be somewhere on the spectrum, not necessarily uh, autistic or whatever, but I, I'm somewhere, you know, floating where I could be dipping my toes in there or whatever you want to say. And, but I, I'm not medically diagnosed. I'm not going to go through this. I'm 40, whatever, but I'm aware that I could be somewhere on that. And, but it is what it is. I'm not going to go through that at this age and they're probably going to look at me and be like, it's, it's, you know, you have to jump through all these hoops and whatever. And who knows what the, the outcome would be. I know it and that's fine. So it, if you're not medically diagnosed, that doesn't, that doesn't discount anything. Mm-hmm. So now this term actually isn't, isn't a medical term either. So if you go to your doctor's office, I don't know who would actually use it or or not, but it's just it's a better term than using abnormal or normal, basically. I mean, which I like. Be, be clear, it's not necess- From our perspective, it's a better term because it's not right. It does. It's not putting a line in the sand between yes people. You know because right. because all this is. All this is is that people are different, and it's just some people are more different than the normal person. And once you become more and more different than normal person, right. other people, the normal people know it, and they see that see it, and then they react to it in a negative right. way. In many instances, May, not everybody reacts to it in a ma- negative way, but it can create a division that's very right. Right. It's not a good thing for that person. Why segregate a person just because, you know, yeah, because they, they're, they're, um, they're more emotional than, than the average right. person or they're... They have just different issues or they, they just operate differently. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's not fair because, I mean, operating differently can be a very good thing. We need that in the world. And and it's it's not necessarily a word that is is something that a lot of people are fully aware of as of yet because it is still a fairly new term. Uh, I mean, I guess depending on what you consider recent, it was actually, it came to be in 1998, a woman called Judy Singer. She created this and, and she actually, what was it? She's an Australian sociologist and she wanted it because she wanted to recognize that everyone's brain develops in a unique way, mm-hmm. which is very true. I mean, if if you really think about it, depending on how you're brought up, depending on the way that what goes into it, what were your parents like? If I had children, my children could possibly be bipolar, depressed, whatever. So that's unique to them or not unique, whatever, however you want to put it, depending on if we brought our kids up here and then traveled with them, that's unique. So everybody is unique in their way. So it's it's important to know that that there's there's no such thing as normal if you really, really sit down and think about it. Now, I think society wants to think that that there's something considered as normal. Society wants to think like, hey, join us. This is a societal normal, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for heaven's sakes, 
we had somebody come to our door to try to sell us something the other day, sell me something the other day. And he's like, don't you want to be like everyone else? And I said, and I was just like, at that point, I was like, no. And this conversation is over. And I, I, I'm no joke, started to close the door on him because I was just getting so sick of him because that was the wrong, wrong thing to say to me. Like, don't you want to be like everyone else? Mm-hmm. But, but I mean, it is, I think this was a, a very important development for something like this to become. And a big reason is, is because it turns out that research shows that once people find out that something is maybe different about them or or that, what is it? Once they find out that they're basically neurodivergent, they start to do they start to do research on themselves. And what happened to me last year when I started to do this podcast, I started to do a lot more research on myself. Once I found out that I was neurodivergent, I started to do a lot more research on myself, my condition. I started to find out, you know what? Things that I thought maybe I enjoyed. I thought, okay, I started like I still like to hang out with friends. Yes. But there's certain public places I thought maybe I like to go out to or maybe I didn't. I'm like, no man. I was faking enjoying this. I was putting on that that fake smile and all this stuff. So now I'm kind of putting up these certain boundaries of, no, I like this. I only kind of like this. I'll do this occasionally. And once a person finds out that they are this certain thing, they might do more research to find out more about themselves. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. But it turns out that research actually did show that that they did, that a lot of people did do more research to find out okay, so there is something maybe different about me or whatever that I do function slightly different than maybe the societal societal norm and all that. And I do want to find out more about me, more about maybe my conditions and how I was brought up or or what's what's ticking in my brain and and how I can work with it, not against it and all that stuff. And that's not saying that that you're bad because you have to deal with that stuff, but you're learning how to work with it. And that's what I've been really working on. And I'm working on my different boundaries, working on finding out my triggers, which, by the way, are going to be our next two episodes and and all that kind of thing. And you start to figure out like, okay, so how does this really affect my real life? And I think there's a lot of people who who all of a sudden are like, well, you didn't have these issues before you found out that you were depressed, neurodivergent, anxiety ridden, whatever. And then it's like, no, I did, but I didn't really realize how much they affected me. And now that I know this, I can fix this or take steps to alleviate this. I feel like society as a whole could do a much better job at looking at what those people are excel at. Right. In finding a place in society for them rather than telling them. But right. re- the way it works right now is that society says you need to overcome these obstacles right. to fit into that normal spectrum. Well, and that's not the right way to tackle it. It's better my- to look at it and say, what do these people excel at and how can we utilize those right. skills to help society? But right. but instead they cast them aside and say, well, if you can't fall into this group, you know, we're we're sorry. Here here here's some drugs to try and get you to be more right. like everybody else. Okay, so here's my last point before I get into. I need to talk about what are kind of considered um, neurodivergent. But here's my last point before that. So a lot of times, if you're neurodivergent or say on the on the scale like autistic or somewhere they're they're like well you need to be like us you need to people get really offended if you don't look them in the eye if you don't if you don't don't do certain things believe it or not i have troubles looking people in the eye for a for an extended period of time i i figured out i can look you eric in the eye for 
a long period of time. And that must just be because I've been around you for so long. I, you know, I love you, whatever, whatever. And does that play into the role of there's also, if there is judgment in me, you know what the judgment is rather than, yeah, I whereas, can, I could whereas somebody else you don't eye. really know, you don't yeah. know the kind of judgment that well, person's having about you. Right. Well, and in... I it's funny because yesterday I know I know that Gavin was here our friend who was on season 1 and and it's funny because I knew I've known him for probably one or two days longer than I've known you. Obviously I don't know him quite as well because you know I'm married to you. But I was talking to him and I realized that I was darting around kind of looking at him in his eyes and then looking away, looking. And I was doing the thing where I was pretending to look at his eyes, but then not. And I was like, holy shit, I can't even look him in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And and it's like I have all these tricks to look people in the eyes, but I can't because people get offended. And it's funny because people who are neurodivergent, who have issues – we have to do all sorts of little tricks because non-neurodivergent people get so offended if we do little things that are not of, say, the norm. Right. And yet, I've seen people who are like, oh my gosh, you guys are so sensitive. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys are the sensitive ones. If we don't do things like you guys, you guys are sensitive. Right. And I think that's where the conflict is, is is that is that everybody needs to be able to accept that, you know, just because somebody doesn't look you straight in the eyes does not mean that anything it doesn't right. really mean anything it could mean a million things it could mean they hate you it could mean that it could mean that, that I'm they just have no respect for you they it could mean that they're intimidated by you it could mean that they just can't look people in the eyes because yeah well for whatever reason i mean there's a million reasons and we all take like oh that's disrespectful but but no it shouldn't be and and the thing is is that if you know societies around the world there are certain things that are unacceptable in other societies that are right. completely fine in here. For instance, in Thailand, you do not show somebody the bottom of your shoe. Why? I don't know. I guess it's because like feet are really dirty. Well, in the U.S., Makes- we don't care about that. Right. And so all of God, these- God, I hope I didn't show anybody the bottom of my shoe in Thailand. All these things are sh- are just learned- Um, What's the yeah. word for it? Like yeah. learned- practices I yeah, guess. yeah yeah and they can all be unlearned and if we can all unlearn the fact that right. because l- somebody that that let's face it neurodivergent people we have to learn a lot of things to fit in mm-hmm. and and you shouldn't have to because right there are plenty of people that have the these traits these tra- things these yeah. yeah whatever you want to call them there's a lot of people out there that have them and there is no reason why even though maybe they're not the majority there is no reason why they should have to fight through life to be right fit into this norm as we call it right in our society yeah. we should be accepting of what everybody is right because there's people <clears throat> who are like oh you have depression you have anxiety i would have never known it's like yeah because i suffer silently when i'm in public and I shouldn't have to. And I'm not saying that I should have to post like these little emo things on my Facebook saying, oh, woe is me. So that people are like, you okay? Oh, I guess. You know, and stuff like that. Or like so that I can just just go out in public and always always complaining or something. But I should at least be able to be like, I'm just having a depressed day. Or, you know what, I'm anxious right now, let me step outside, or just let me let me breathe for a second in here. Something like that, just where, where I can be at least a little bit accommodating. I'm not saying that everybody has to fawn over me. I just want to at least be able to say, I'm having a bad day instead of, I'm doing okay. So that kind of thing is, is 
even though yeah, the and little bit of to, accommodation I'm looking and for. And I think to even still, like, you would be, like, if you go out to a social event and, and how much easier would it make it for you is if you just get, get, it's been an hour into this thing, you're really uncomfortable, there's all these people, there's all these things happening, you're getting overwhelmed, you just want to walk outside and take a breather. Right. And... If everybody just accepted that, right, and they're like, "Oh, Tracy's just taking a breather." It's it's not like it's not like, "Oh my gosh, we're to Tracy. Is she okay? Is she okay?" Yeah, that would make your life so much easier. But because there's the stigmatism out there Mm -hmm. that everybody's all so concerned about the fact that Tracy took a walk outside to take a breather, that makes Tracy Tracy doesn't want to make people worried about them, right? And she wants to. So she tries to push through longer exactly. than she should be. Exactly. Whereas if we all just accepted the fact that some people need that break. Yes. And and it was completely normal. See, we don't we don't all when somebody goes to the bathroom at a restaurant, we don't all sit and talk about the fact that that person had right. to go to a bathroom. And that's why sometimes if anything I would go to a bathroom I, but also but you shouldn't. Are, you but shouldn't also have to say. Gross, so I don't want to go to a bathroom. <laughs> and the most important thing is, you shouldn't have to lie and say you're going to go to a bathroom. Right. You should just be able to get up and dismiss yourself, and it, people should just be okay exactly. with that. You know, and I, I'm, I'm observant enough where I can kind of see if somebody doesn't look right or something, you know, and I can be like, "Hey, do you need, you know, somebody to talk to or whatever?" And then, and I, and I leave it at that if, because I, I can usually sense. But but yeah, I I guess I just wish that somebody that that it were, and and again these are our these are from from our our business class these are our big hairy dreams right or mm-hmm. our big hairy goals <laughs> that for our future that that man they may never come true but if they could come true <laughs> wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. I do want to before we get too far again because I keep I keep not telling you what's on the so. Here's some conditions that a neurodivergent person can have, and I I don't think these are all of them, and I do want you to know that there is a little bit of of um, debate, too, about some of this. So here's some con- conditions. All right. Hold on. Let me take a drink before I do this, because there's a few of them on here. Okay. We have autism spectrum disorder. That this includes what was what was once known as Asperger's syndrome. So if you don't know that, that's I didn't. So they're now that they're basically the same. I guess so. That must mean you know where you're just on the lower end, which I think even when I say on the lower end, that's technically I think not the right way to say it because when you're on the spectrum, you're just on the spectrum. You know, you're you know. I think I think when I say well, where are you on the spectrum? That's not technically a proper thing for me to say. Mm-hmm. So then we have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Wow, I should have just said ADHD. Down syndrome, dyscalculia, which is that difficulty with mass, math. Dysgraphia, difficulty with writing. Dyslexia, difficulty with reading. Dyspraxia, difficulty with coordination intellectual intellectual disabilities mental health conditions like bipolar disorder obsessive compulsive disorder and more now this is where the debate comes in because bipolar disorder and i think ocd and then anxiety those are a couple of them that some people debate and say might not actually be considered neurotypical or sorry not neurotypical might not be considered neurodivergent they consider it something else severe enough i'm not sure i think they consider it something else so technically if you want to say that might not put me on the neurodivergent scale but because i feel like i am actually on the the autism somewhere on the spectrum i think but either way i feel because of all the shit going on in my head i'm like i'm definitely neurotypical all the all the stuff that i've read i'm neurodivergent we have prater willie syndrome which unfortunately doesn't tell me what that is 
so I hope you guys know, <laughs> sensory processing disorders, social anxiety, I definitely have that, Tourette syndrome, and Williams syndrome. So those are a few, and there there may be a couple others that, that weren't listed, but those are a lot of the things that are neurodivergent. So basically, if you've got some stuff going on that- Without argument- Without with a, with some argument, anything that's a mental disease, it falls under pretty this much. Window. If you've got something that that may or may not put you on medication for your head, that that kind of affects the way that you think, you're neurodivergent. So you know when I when and, I when I think differently and I do something, I'm like, oh, that's my neurodivergence again. And I my argument would be is that. So there's some aspect of every person that is neurodivergent because there is something right. that there's, you there's, everybody there's, does that's not normal. Right. There, there, there's something that you think that you, the way you process. Yep. There's something there that is not a normal thing because right. I, that's why everybody is so different. Right. Well, it's and because of those little inconsistencies. You know, little things. Inconsistencies? Or- in- intricacies. Oh, intricate. Oh, God, that's a hard word. Yeah. In- that, intricacies. That, that you do that are so different than everybody else. That right. That's what differentiates you and makes you unique. Well, and the I- The people that have mental diseases just are- have more apparent right. and more obvious things well, and that I think, are- I think that's why you see their- more, more artists that are- that are uh, neurodivergent because we just have more firing in our brain that is like, oh, we see things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why Van Gogh and, you know, all, all this, this thing, these things. And I would, I would gather that you are closer to neurodivergent than, say, some other people that I know. Like you would, you would straddle the line between neurodivergent and non-neurodivergent somewhere in between. Depending on how you define, like, right in my definition of neurodivergent, everybody's neurodivergent. So, in some way, right. But, but I, but based on the description of what you're saying, that's not the way people see it. They only see people as neurodivergent that are quote unquote. Yeah, different from everybody else. But my argument is, is everybody's yeah. different from everybody else in some way. So well, it's just more apparent than other people than it is. And when I when I asked my psychiatrist if she had any books, like if she had any recommendation for books on neurodivergence, she said that she didn't know of any, but she would let me know. And she said, she's like, so here's the thing about neurodivergence. She's like. To me, it kind of reminds me of high school where you just have these cliques and there's just all these different kinds of people out there and we're all, you're, you're just, you're different. And then, then that's, I, I would, actually, I would kind of agree with that. Like, like there's all a bunch of clicky books, this group's. These people's brains look, work this way. These people's yeah. brains work this way. This, you know. I mean, you think about it, like. I I work a lot of the way like uh, an artist's brain works. You you definitely have you have a, a partially business, but but you're you definitely work like a creative brain as well. Not as much as my creative brain, but you could hang out with the art people and the and the business or nerd people. <laughs> You know what I mean? So you could float in between. So it it's it's kind of a weird a weird thing in terms of the the clicky hmm. brains. And like if you ask me, it's just like if you want to go back to like the clickiness thing of it. So we're not in this well, maybe we are in the same click, but we're probably we not once been in high school. Yeah, we're not but we're not <laughs> in the same brain click. But right. we're our brain clicks are close worked. enough together. That we Where can we get to get along. Yeah. Whereas I could date you. Like if my brain click was way over here and yours was on the other side of the spectrum, we would right. more than likely hate each other because the way our brains work are polar opposites. Right. And when we would have a conversation, it just we wouldn't agree on anything. Right. So, like for instance, if and and this is nothing against your brother, but if if your brain was closer to your brother's, I don't think 
There's a lot of we things would, that we me, would be together. There are a lot of things that me and my brother's brains work the same way on, but there is a ton of things that we are completely right on left field. And I would even argue, at least with my situation, I don't know about with my brother's situation, but the things we don't agree on are the things that are important to me, mm-hmm. you know, right. which makes a big divide right there. Yeah. So- and but then there then there is also things that he does all the time, and even things I do where I'm like that's something he would do. Yeah, and oh, vice, yeah. And, vice and, and, versa. And it's funny, so it's it's funny weird. because there's a lot that I see you do, and I'm like, oh, that's definitely something that your brother would do, mm-hmm. and and that doesn't bother me. But I think there's there's a big enough divide where I'm like, where you're where he's like two steps over, where I'm like, I could be friends with him but not married to him, mm. <laughs> you know, you know, so, so there's, there's a, there's a, 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 a difference with that. So it, it's, it's interesting with that, but, you know, so, so I guess really the, the, the interesting thing is, is that you just have to remember that if, if you know somebody who's neurodivergent, which more than likely you do, because based on this conversation we talked about, that pretty much half the population, if not 75% or more, if not all. <laughs> is that a statistic that no. somebody is actually... Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's just based on, I mean, based on what we've talked about. I mean, think about it. Think about how many people out there are are just differently differently able just just so right but yeah but, i don't but actually to... i don't actually have numbers i wonder actually if that book has numbers um but yeah i didn't actually come up across i don't think i came across any numbers i should have to i should look for next time but but to be but, clear based on everything you talked about in this document and tell me if you disagree with this mm-hmm. but in that in the research you did neurodivergent is is narrowed down to just people that, like you say, like traditional medically, they say people are mentally normal and mentally abnormal. Pretty much. This document is suggesting that the people on the abnormal side are not quote-unquote abnormal, they're quote-unquote neurodivergent. Right. I personally believe that there's aspects of everybody that is neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. You have... Every one of you, no matter how normal just, you are, have a trait within you that makes you unique that is very neurodivergent. Not to say that it just other people on- don't do it, mm-hmm. but what it is is that you're off the safe scale yeah. on that particular thing. And, and the only person that might not have this is if you are the person in the world and can have confirmed that you get along with everybody on the planet Earth, <laughs> then you are not neurodivergent. Then because you, must not talk because to you have people. no, you, you cannot find a person that has a trait that you just don't agree with. And I, I think, you know, and maybe what it might come down to is how much of the traits of neurodivergence you have. Right. And I think that's what they say is they're taking the dr- obvious, apparent, dramatic ones. But personally, I believe that. Everybody has, has bits and pieces. pieces of it because right. that's what makes you. And unique. it's whether or not you want to admit it to yourself or anybody else or notice it or whatever or if it bothers you or not if it if it affects your life so if if you do know somebody who is neurodivergent how do you support them be understanding exactly be understanding you got to listen you got to listen to them i mean if if a neurodivergent person struggles at work be understanding of the fact that they struggle at work. If a neurodivergent person does not want to go out to a restaurant with you, yes. be understanding that they don't want to go out to a oh, restaurant. It, exactly. You. You, um, and you have to listen to them. You have to and and you have to communicate in ways that that works for them, that helps them. So okay, so here's the thing. Now, I like texting a lot more. I think a lot of people in I my think situation, everybody in the world like, at this point prefers texting, yeah. but and especially a lot of neurodivergent people, I think you're going to find like texting a lot more. So if that's the way that they like it, if they like emailing more instead because they don't like 
to hear the the ding of their phone because sometimes I panic when I hear the ding of my phone. Then t- email them instead. <laughs> you know, work with them the way that they want to be that that's easiest for them to to work with them. And the other thing too is it, it says on here, and this this totally makes sense, is avoid value based labels. And what that means is so if if they're if they're depressed, if they're you know, if if they're autistic, if they're whatever, you know, maybe don't call them autistic. Don't call them depressed. Don't call them bipolar. If if that if that bothers them, you know, I don't mind being called bipolar. Hey, that that is what I am, and I'll 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 say it till I'm blue in the face if it helps somebody. But if it bothers them, you can call them neurodivergent. You can call them whatever. If you can call them Tracy, you can call. Them, I mean, that's not their name. Don't call them that. But Obviously, call them what they want to be called. Just don't call them whatever. Don't call them what they don't want to be called. Don't call them something that that puts some kind of a value on what it is that they that they have or what they're struggling with if that bugs them or whatever. If that makes sense. Does that kind of yeah. make sense the way I it kind of seems like and, it might have been. And I'll go back to one I, I think I said earlier. I think the one of the biggest things that you can do is just acknowledge the differences between people and acknowledge yeah. the fact no matter how much you believe you're right. Yes. You, you're not, you're just, not always right. I'm it, sorry. Well, it, it's not to say that you're not right, but based on the information you have, you believe you are right. But well, realize that another person has a whole nother set of data points that they're measuring off of, which brings them to a different conclusion, which I'm sorry, but if you look at it from that perspective, neither one of you is right. You're right on these are the set, set of data points that I have to look at and evaluate and make a decision. Based on my data points, I'm right. Based on their data points, they're right. Who's right? You can't answer that question because all you would know is your data points. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's it brings me it, it's kind of interesting to me because I was listening to a podcast the other day that I'm excited that you still get to listen to. And it was it was about uh it's called Bandsplain, which I, I recommend to anybody. And it was they were talking about a about Paramore and they were talking about their most recent uh their most recent album on there and in one of their songs she she has a line and it says turns out i'm the killer and the final girl and it basically says they they were kind of explaining on there where they're like you know this is where she finds out that no matter how hard you try, you're going to be the villain in somebody's story, even if you are the good guy in your own story. Right. And and I think that they said that that was actually something that came from from either from a writer or a poet or something, too. Uh, so I don't want to give the full credit to Haley, even though I really want to. But um, but but it really it really makes me think, too. Holy shit. That no matter how hard you try to be the good guy, you're always somehow going to be the bad guy. Always. Even if even if you're not the bad guy, like somehow, like you try to be the good guy, you're going to be perceived as the bad guy somehow. Mm-hmm. So just take a step back and be like, you know what? Don't have an ego at points. Just be like, you know what? That's cool. They they perceive me as a bad guy. Cool. And accept that 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 I mean that's I think one of the fundamental things that you have to learn in life is that you can't please everybody and yep. and you know embrace the people that don't like you. <laughs> I mean yep. because it's a reality and and it just means that that they're on a different spectrum than not a different. I don't want to keep reusing the word spectrum, but they're just they're on, on a, diff- a different plane. Yeah, they're just. They're just, they see things different than the way you see them. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. And don't hate them for that. And I mean, if they want to hate you for that, you can chuckle because you know that. 
Right. You understand that, yeah, there's always going to be somebody that hates me because... Because of X, Y, Z. Because I can't control how I see the world. And maybe it's because they are going through something of their own. And that's why they dislike you. Who Who knows? There's a million reasons. There's so many reasons. And maybe it's because they don't understand you. There was a point that somebody disliked me because I snapped at Eric. And it was only because I was going through some anxiety thing. And she thought, oh, my gosh, who would like that was really bitchy of her. And I was like, well. And, 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 and you know, like, later. we'll use that. Ex- that's a great, great, great example of exactly what we're talking about. Where, as, as I mean, this person knew that you had these issues, these neurodivergent issues, and she should have been more understanding of that and understood that maybe that's just one of the ca- mm-hmm. catches to it. But she was really highly offended by it. And and you did nothing at the time. You're like, whatever, this is just something that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tried to explain to her that-, that Oh, did it, you? Yeah, I did. I tried to explain to her that, you know, that, that it's not that big of a deal. This is just a thing. And <laughs> which sounds terrible, but that, again, that's a stigma right. that, that exists out there because right. it shouldn't sound terrible because, you know, even- if you're married to a, the most normal person in the world, they're going to have little stickler points that mm-hmm. that are going to drive you insane and you have to work totally. with them. And that's totally. all this is, is that these people just have more obvious ones, more ones right. that probably more people have a problem with right. than, than some of the other people. Right. And if you can just... Ac- if everybody could just accept that those major things that are abnormal are really not abnormal, because mm-hmm. a lot of people have them, mm-hmm. you know, I think society could be in a much better place overall. Right. You know. But she just saw a little snippet of something that happened and didn't know. And she made the rat brash judgment that it's not okay for a person to do that. And maybe it's it's and not normal for a, nor- uh, normal for a per- typical couple per- to, do, to it, do it, but... But is it any different than having to deal with, with a, oh my gosh, a wife fr- that goes home and r- go, jumps on Amazon and runs up a $17,000 credit card bill right. and doesn't tell you about it? I mean, I would much rather deal with you sa- snapping at me for something stupid than doing that. Right. And, or I could snap at you because you forgot the milk at the store or something yeah. like that. You know, I mean, whereas I'm just like, eh, I guess I'll just run later. You know, just stuff like that. I mean- there's there's just other there's just things i mean and and i think i think that's just the main thing is just that there there just needs to be a little bit more understanding with all this and and yeah i i i guess i guess that's just and you know it's all of what we've talked about like this is not an easy thing and it, it more than really likely and more than likely th- what we're talking about will never happen because I no. mean, it took until we, 1998 for for this term to actually come about, right, and, and I didn't hear about it until, I mean, and I I searched on Instagram for people to follow for neurodivergent, and do you know how many there are? Very, very few. And there has been a lot, a lot, a lot of people that have been fighting for a very long time over racism and trying to end racism. Yeah. And it's still, what maybe it's gotten better, but it still exists. And unfortunately, I think that this is not much different than racism. No. This is because always going to exist. Right. Because this exists. is a newer battle. So, But I do challenge anybody that wants to make a move to this is try to f- reframe your brain and try to think about how... Whenever somebody says something that you're like you're the you're dumb. This is that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, you have every right to feel that way, but try to reflect on the fact that whatever you're saying back to them that is the right answer. Right. They're looking at you more than likely and telling you and thinking in their head what that person is saying is right. Dumb. And if that's what's happening, really can you say you're right? Right. I mean, how can you be right? Because right. how is it that what you believe is any more right than what somebody else right. believes? Because either one of you is wrong or both of you is somehow kind of right. Yeah. 
I mean, and it's all perception and exactly. So I, I think I've I've gone off enough. I know. On I was going to say I, I didn't like, know what I was going to say on this episode. I, know, and he's I think like, I talked way. He's too like, much. oh wow, this is this is a little bit deeper one. I'm a little bit nervous. I don't know. And then all of a sudden we're like. Like, what are we? Oh, my gosh. We're an hour six in right now. Okay. we got to wind this down because we'll have no podcast <laughs> listeners after this episode, I'm thinking. Yeah. So, all right. So, in two weeks, we are going to be talking about triggers. And you guys might be – some of you guys might know what that is. And some of you guys might not. Basically, that's what triggers an attack. And that might mean a migraine attack. That might mean an anxiety attack, a bipolar, a depression, anything that triggers something positively, negatively, anything in you. And yeah, we're going to be kind of talking about what those could be and how to how to prepare yourself for those. So that's that I'm kind of excited about. I've been thinking about doing that one for a while. So we'll be talking about that. But in the meantime, if you guys need some content, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook. And of course, you can always email us at stigmasandopenwounds at gmail.com. I like that soothing voice you always end the show with. I try to. It just just comes down like you're talking normal and then suddenly it's like soothing. and It's like you're trying to put all the listeners to sleep or something. It's because I'm like... Oh my god, we're done. <laughs> so maybe it's because I want to put Frankie back to sleep. I bet you Frankie wants to go back to sleep too. He's been sleeping. He was a good boy during this episode. Yeah. So for all of us here, Frankie, me, and Eric, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you.